0: And we are live. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Luke Grudowski and Jason Bermus of We Are Change.org here for our Sunday weekly wrap up news show. And uh, Jason, it's not Sunday. <laughs> no, uh,
1: sir, it is not. It is not <laughs> Sunday at all. You know, it's actually, you know what? If we want to get our days right, you know, We Are Change is about facts. And folks, our Sunday live stream is, in fact, Saturday. Because tomorrow is um, Super Zombie Sunday. I mean Super Bowl Sunday. And there's some
0: uh, sports balls that's gonna
1: it's gonna be exchanged. I heard. I know there's gonna be a lot of commercials. So uh, there's gonna be a lot of things to talk about on you, Monday. You, you mean
0: psychological subliminal
1: propaganda blasted in people's subconscious minds? I'd call it psychological warfare. I think that is absolutely 110% correct. Um, You're going to see a lot of... Because remember, there are certain ads. Remember when uh, um, Ron Paul tried to buy an ad and they were like, I don't know. (laughs) There are certain ads they won't air. No matter how much money goes. So it becomes a political thing. You're certain to see a lot of for the troops. We're going to see a lot of for the troops. I I promise that. A lot of beer. A lot of for the troops. A lot of junk food. You know what you're not going to see? Anything enlightening. Uh, You're probably more than likely going to see a rigged football game that benefits uh, one entity, and that's organized crime in Vegas. Uh, They never lose, folks. They always seem to make money. So, you know, I'm sure I'm going to take part in this, and then I'm going to be part of the outrage culture on Monday about something. Who knows? Maybe we'll get an occultic halftime show along with it, Luke. Anything is possible, my friend. Maybe
0: there'll be a nipple. We never know. But anyway, regardless, (laughs) continuing on with the introduction, we are here. Today is February 2nd. 2019 4 p.m. Eastern we're changing things up of course yes because of the Super Bowl and we're going to be live here for the next hour on Facebook also on Periscope the podcast of this episode will be available on iTunes later but predominantly we're going to be talking to everyone here on our YouTube channel also taking phone calls of course answering super chats and engaging with everyone here who's a part of this bigger conversation a lot of the notification squad since Uh, Of course, usually everyone's going to be expecting a video on Sunday. I think we're just going to release a short one anyway. But there's a lot of things to talk about today. And holy cow, before we take a phone call, because we always begin every broadcast with just taking a random phone call with a random question. But, Jason, again, this week just inundated with so much news regarding Venezuela. Now the yellow vests in Paris with their protests just ending moments ago. Russia, uh, Vice, BuzzFeed, all of the... Far left, crazy, radicalized media falling and collapsing. There's so much to get into, but overall, just a
1: very dizzying weekend when it comes to this news, to say the least. And then you wake up and you got Dorsey, you know, spewing nonsense on Twitter. We're going to get into that, Um, you know, with with the biggest podcast in the world. I mean, listen, you give Joe Rogan props. I, I remember when I was working for Jones and it was I'm the one that got them back together. They hadn't talked for years. I actually said, you know, Alex, he he's very popular. I think he's really funny. You know, his comedy's good. He's part of the UFC. That's only gonna gonna grow. I'm like, dude, you you should reach out because they had had a big falling out over Fear Factor, and especially the episode where uh, he was as some pop star. What? Yeah, I'm not,
0: I know you're trying to find the words. Was it over the <laughs> horse? Um, how do you? What's the what's eloquent way that? of saying that? The it? horse palace.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> the horse phallus uh, excrement. <laughs> About yes. that,
0: okay. horse phallus <gasps> excrement. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lasting impression. Yeah, on we'll we'll
1: use that for a meme. Um, and people had to drink that. But there was actually more. Um, there was a pop star. His name was uh, Robbie something. He was always in trouble. UK guy had a few hits in the United States, but he actually had. Um, pieces of metal put through his body and it wasn't a trick. you know they did one of those things where they pierced through him and he talked about how it was dehumanizing. and I, I remember being there. And I'm like, dude, you, you need to reach out. And I'm listen, I, I've met Joe um, you know once we, we, we actually hung out and talked in his hotel room with Bravo and whatever. and then you know he was in the office one other time, I think with Joey Diaz when I was still there. I like what he does. And I, I think, you know, I think we're going to go a little back and forth on this uh, on this Dorsey interview later, but there were aspects of what he did there that are good. I don't always agree with Joe Rogan. You know why? I'm Jason Burmes You're Luke Radowski. Um, you're Jesse Schmidt out there. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody has a different opinion, and that's okay. I, I don't know if we have to have the pile-on pile psychological operations that are going to bring your children to hell. <sighs> that's all I'm saying. I, I think that there's there's a way out there that everybody can have a conversation and then we can dissect this interview in uh, an intelligent manner and then use discernment How about that Luke? that sounds kind of crazy huh?
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Duh, it's important to of course look at both sides of the story but lay out the information for you guys to decide on your own uh, Of course just being hyperbolic screaming and creating a hate mob of course that's the end thing to do and gets a lot of clicks. Uh, you called it "click tits," Jason. I think that's a fair way of describing it. But I think I think there's some criticism that does need to be dealt to uh, Joe Rogan, which I will express my opinion and why I believe that particular idea uh, later on. After, let's take a phone call first, uh, because you got it. Uh, let's let's just put out the number before we get into all of it, uh, just like we usually start our broadcast, because that's always the random kind of fun part to kind of engage in uh, before we get into the the whole Rogan. Uh, kind of bigger conversation here.
1: Yeah, and by the way, it's a roll of the dice if Luke actually hears you, so be patient. I may have to repeat the question for Luke. Uh, 607-542-9184. It is 607-542-9184 to call into the program. Call in about anything. You know, what else happened this week? I, I got a whole week-long, um, you know, hopefully bullet points, but there's some pretty big stories out there, especially, you know, let's, let's be honest. Hey, oh, I guess we'll be honest later. Let's take this call. You are live with Jason and Luke. What is your name? What would you like to talk about?
2: Hey, my name is Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't really, talking, kind of want to talk about everything. Uh, maybe
1: a little bit of the Paris thing today. It was pretty violent. Okay. All right. Well, hold on one second, Cole, because I'm going to go back to you. I don't think Luke heard that. Uh, he wants to talk Paris. Um, So, you know, today is Saturday. The protests have been going on. Um, The violence, uh, Cole believes, at least the media is reporting, and I haven't gotten a chance to look at a lot of it. I've been pretty busy today. He thinks has escalated, Luke. What have have you seen?
0: Well, I've been tweeting about this uh, on my Twitter account all day today, uh, looking at the videos. And it doesn't look like a lot has changed. Uh, The same kind of violence, the same kind of initiation of force by the police that we have seen before we have seen journalists targeted by the police today we saw you know you know more serious injuries and uh, what's really happening behind the scenes is kind of a criminalization of protest by the French legal establishment Uh, we saw the French courts rule that the flashbangs and the rubber bullets that have literally destroyed the eyes of about 20 individuals about 20 individuals lost their eyes already uh, in Paris France because of this targeting and this is not including just the other head injuries and traumas that people experienced by the French riot police Medical who are just convincing. shooting these flashbang rubber bullets into you know people's heads and uh, 20 times uh, people have already just lost eyes because the bullet hit their uh, socket so that violence is still continuing the french court has actually ruled that it's totally legal totally fine there's also a big push with the french legal authority trying to establish a law that makes it illegal for people to hide their identity aka wear a gas mask and uh they're criminalizing people protecting themselves from the huge use of force and i would say from my experiences being there on the ground the abuse of force by the French police and Macron against the Yellow Vest movement, which, again, as I told you, and as I've been telling you for a while, is not going away anytime soon. Expect a major reinsurgence, especially during the spring of this entire movement. It's still cold. This march that just happened moments ago was specifically to denounce police violence. There was only more police violence because of it. They need to and take their the money things out of that the we bank. Are basically seeing they every need to over. If you go to my Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash change. I highlighted a lot of it. An interesting factor that was happening was the fact that there was kind of more ant- antagonizing especially online between Antifa and the yellow vest there were some minor clashes that we have been documenting before those clashes happened again between protesters again fighting each other which many people of course point to bigger divide and conquer uh, tactics but again as a whole uh, this movement is definitely not slowing down the violence is uh, as it always has been and uh, expect this thing to only escalate from here. Um, And it's not looking good for either the Yellow Vest or the French Macron establishment uh, in the future with these forces continuing to bunt heads harder and harder against each other. It's only a matter of time until one of them falls, and uh, it's really unpredictable to know which one will.
1: Well, he also, uh, I I let him go, and uh, thank you for the uh, call, Cole. He also mentioned, look, they need to make that bank run. And I, I got to agree with him. I think that the bank run is an important aspect of this. If they were able to even get Luke 1 20th, in other words, 5% of Paris, France to run the banks, you know how devastating that would be? Think about it. They probably don't have 5% of the money in there. I'd be, I'd be shocked if they had 5% of the money in there. They cook the books constantly. Yeah, this
0: is an important concept you're bringing up, Jason, because a lot of the big banks, when you deposit your money in, they take that money and they loan it against it. And sometimes <laughs> it's loaned against 10 times, 100 times. Some people even speculate that even it's done quote, to even 1,000 times where you know your dollar is loaned to so many different places because everything is done digitally. This is where the bigger kind of scams do happen in the banking system. So that's a very important point that you brought out
1: here, uh, Jason, with that point. Go ahead. I'm just saying, once again, um, it would be devastating. I have to agree with him. Um, I also, I I am worrisome, Uh, you know, out of chaos. Sometimes the the order that comes out of it is detrimental. We have to look at what steps are actually going to be taken, because let's say they get Macron out of here. Let's say they give him another 18 months to arrange everything, because, hey, you look at London, Luke, right? The people are pissed. They vote Brexit twice, and the government's just like, "Nope, we're not doing it. We're just gonna we're gonna go through every single means we possibly can to prolong this process and legislate this process, so the will of the people is n- is never done until they work out the deal that suits them." So, well, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm just saying. So, I think that they have to be very careful. I think that their demands right now are excellent, and they have to stick to them. And um, organization and those type of things is tough. And I, I know that you know firsthand how chaotic it can be on the ground with tens of thousands of angry people. You know, you got to have heads up. And especially pitted against people with weapons, Luke. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's dangerous. And yeah. the whole situation is a powder keg. I'm glad they're doing it. Let's hope that they actually make some real progress in the coming weeks. Correct?
0: oh it's absolutely insane and the government has caved to of course the minor demands uh by some of the protesters macron who previously said he would never make concessions then came out and said hey guys i'm making concessions here but right now what we've been seeing with the, especially the last two weeks this kind of criminalization this this kind of more heavy-handed approach litigiously trying to use the law uh in the favor of macron because two weeks ago, uh, you know, they were even talking about setting up stiffer fines for people who were protesting illegally, and we're only seeing that ramping up. And it's really, really uh, just becoming an awful situation where it's not just people who are angry. There's, there's so much disinformation, especially about the mainstream media around this specific topic, um, that everyone it just keeps attacking them. I, I could pull up some news articles right now but the, the movement is being characterized as, as racist, uh, as anti-Semitic, as, as far-right. And, and none of that is true from everything that I experienced on the ground. And now they're passing these anti-hooligan bills and anti-hooligan laws, insinuating all these horrible things against them, calling them extremists. Again, from being there on the ground, it's a movement of people from the far left, people from the far right, and also moderates who are just sick and tired of this kind of bigger globalist agenda being shoved down their throat as the hypocrisies are just showing more than ever with this bigger kind of uprising that is happening that of course the state is trying to squash and destroy and if this kind of violence was happening in Venezuela or in Russia the mainstream media would be obsessing about it but All we get here is slander all we get here is attacks, and of course the movement is trying to call for similar things that I have personally even saw at occupy Wall Street, this is why occupy Wall Street was crushed as it was uh, because they also called for bank runs they called for people taking their money out of the big banks and putting it into local banks that support the local communities and local businesses, I think a great idea i think a very intelligent idea because whenever you have such a big authority whether jp morgan and chase or bank of america there's going to be some horrible things done because of the sheer power and force of a large organization and decentralization especially with voting with your dollars something that we all have and something that they're incredibly afraid of and that's why there's been such a huge effort of discreditation uh, against this larger movement and attacks from of course Al Jazeera uh, that just released an article just a few days ago saying this is the title here why are france's yellow vest protests so white and I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about there's, there's there's people from all races and creeds a part of this movement it's a bigger movement and they're just trying to again divide and conquer people on race which the mainstream media has been doing a very very good effective job at you know having people fight against each other for, for ultimately just petty differences. Um, and that's ultimately their plan. That's ultimately their, their scheme. And I think that's why we're also seeing some of the inner fighting right now that we are, especially with some Antifa members and uh, the Yellow Vest movement that's happening there.
1: All right, we are already 15 minutes deep. We're trying to keep this one to an hour, folks. So I'm going to oh, encourage yeah, Luke. We well, let's to,
0: get into Well, the hold main story. on before we do that.
1: Yeah. I do want to uh, I want to thank. We just had a new member join literally a minute ago. Thank you so much. Uh the super chats, all that stuff, guys. It means so much to us. So more future. Thank you for becoming a member. 499, he gets all of our great bonus content. Tutorials, expatting, uh, tours of Palestine, uh, Banksy stuff. You won't believe it. And Bahi Foxglove, you also joined last night at 8.44 p.m. Thank you so much. Mr. Radowski, take the floor.
0: All right, Let's just get into the main story that we want to talk about because just moments ago there's been a huge backlash against Joe Rogan after he hosted a podcast with of course the CEO of Jack Dorsey and the comment section pretty much says it all as I'm seeing comments like people saying that the Joe Rogan that we once we once all loved is dead. And of course, the video is getting completely ratioed with only 3.2 thousand people upvoting the interview that Joe Rogan conducted with Jack Dorsey, but with over 14,000 people downvoting it. A big ratio and pretty much the comment section says it all with people saying things like, uh, quote, people are not buying this PR stunt. There's another comment saying here, remember when Joe was present during an interview, question mark. I missed that. And to me, after watching the interview, I do have to say that Jack Dorsey does kind of come off a little wacky. He kind of comes off more like he was trying to be a religious leader than a CEO of a company. But I think people also need to understand that this is ultimately a 41-year-old billionaire who does also date 23 year old models and to me he was a little bit with uh, just not in touch with reality with what he's been saying and how he's been expressing himself on the live stream because a lot of the things that he was saying were contradicted with what his corporation has been doing and we have to understand here as one of the comments reads in the videos quote Jack Dorsey has done more to meddle in our elections than Russia and there's been a huge backlash against Jack Dorsey Mainly because people believe that Joe Rogan kind of went soft at him and you could see that from some of the comments and he didn't pressure him and question Jack Dorsey on some of the activities that his mass corporation conducts. Now I thought a very interesting part of the interview happened at around 48 minutes and 55 seconds where actually Joe Rogan asked about Alex Jones who was terminated from using Twitter for supposedly violating the terms and services. And Joe Rogan asked Jack Dorsey, point blank, what did Alex Jones do to get permanently banned? Which I found interesting uh, because Alex Jones actually launched a whole attack on Joe Rogan just this week alone, uh, which was pretty out there, Jason, to say the least. Yeah, you know, look,
3: um, the bottom line is this man has been set up by the CIA, the deep state, the NSA, the MI5, the MI6, the elemental PO to be the new cult leader that's going to take your kids down an LSD-DMT path to hell with
0: magic mushrooms painted with demons. And Jason, you're not really exaggerating because how Alex Jones came off was was very very speculative and that's a very nice term to use here and talking about of like insider (laughs) references and, and acting like he knows a lot of secrets that he's not going public with but also just a lot of kind of really kind of far out there comments uh but it was interesting to see uh joe rogan actually ask jack dorsey about alex jones and jack dorsey even said well i'm not even sure what what he actually violated uh and why was he uh, permanently banned from using the platform. So that was a big a contentious point, um, as well as the fact that people are accusing now Joe Rogan of deleting a lot of the critical mm. comments of the CEO of Twitter. A lot of comments were made by Sargon of Akkad. There was a comment made by, of course, Mark Dice as well. A lot of those comments were upvoted, and a lot of people were saying that they can't find them anymore on specifically the video that was published by Joe Rogan now Mark Dice actually released a statement saying that he could actually see his own comment but when he logged out of his account he couldn't see his comment at all which of course people are pointing to clear censorship Joe uh, Mark Dice actually tweeted at Joe Rogan and then tweeted a photo of Joe Rogan blocking him and there's been actually beef between Mark and Joe for a couple of years now so it doesn't surprise me that they have been blocked uh, but Of course a lot of people right now are saying confirmed uh, Joe Rogan is now helping out Jack Dorsey by deleting critical comments of him on his page and people are saying that this is absolute truth but it could also be a possibility that Joe Rogan who did this video live and then deleted it and then re-uploaded it that this was one of the reasons why some of those comments went missing it could also be because of the YouTube algorithm which has a bias against especially Sargon and Mark Dice and other alternative creators Uh, and sometimes they downrank and sometimes they get rid of comments in there as well so it's actually unclear to see if there was any kind of meddling by Joe Rogan but I hope he makes a statement about it because it wouldn't look good if he was deleting comments from the bigger discussions that are being had on his video which I think are very important to to discuss Um, and the bigger aspect here is, of course, Jack Dorsey himself, and, and to me, um, honestly, there could have been more to kind of question Jack Dorsey on to find out more critically important information, because Jack Dorsey himself admits that he is biased, and of course, every human being is biased, but it, it, came, it comes to a point where Even conservatives within the Twitter organization have come out and expressed that they don't feel safe even expressing themselves uh, working for, of course, Twitter. Even USA Today came out talking about the political bias and the crackdowns that have been politically motivated inside of Twitter and, of course, the people who use Twitter. Now, Jack Dorsey, just like similar comments he made in the Joe Rogan interview, said, Oh, no, this doesn't affect us. Uh, <laughs> as, as he said before, as Mashable covered, you know, the left-leaning bias doesn't affect content decisions at all. And a lot of people are just calling straight outright hooey on that and lies because I think it's pretty clear to everyone that, yes, There's a major bias, especially in Twitter, especially with what we just saw recently, where we saw a lot of celebrities and mainstream media figures literally call for the doxing and physical violence of teenagers of because they had a MAGA hat and were smirking during, of course, the whole Native American controversy. And a lot of those left-wing people who were calling for violence and doxing, they weren't punished by Twitter. But when similar instances happen for an example when people tell journalists to quote learn to code now Twitter sees that as abusive behavior because the quote learn to code is being sent to journalists from predominantly BuzzFeed and vice who lost their jobs recently so the bias here is pretty evident especially with all the people who were permanently banned from that platform and it's not just Uh, prominent figures, but also bigger organizations. As we found out from the Washington Times that Twitter suppressed messages criticizing Planned Parenthood and other pro-life groups out there, the bias is very clear with their censorship, with their shadow banning, and also shilling for the establishment as it's not only people on the right who are getting hit, but also a lot of people who are anti-establishment, like the Free Thought Project, the anti-media. My personal friend, Carrie Wedler, who had her account deleted without an explanation to why it's happening and it's also done for bigger state government reasons as we see Twitter recently take down hundreds of accounts that were pro uh, regime of Maduro that were pro Venezuelan accounts coming from Venezuela talking about their support who didn't want a coup d'etat happening in their country all of those people have been banned there was a similar move also made of course Um, In Syria, where a lot of Syrian government accounts and Syrian voices, pro-Syrian voices, were also censored and and deleted. Uh, And, of course, a lot of close associates to Nicolas Maduro were also just totally blocked and suspended from using the platform. As we're seeing just awe-stunning video of what looks like American military helicopters in Colombia heading towards the Venezuelan border. So this was an issue that I think Joe was kind of very soft on and in one point I do agree with Joe when he says I'm here to talk to everyone and people accuse him of platforming people and empowering them and I'm kind of with Joe here that he should have a right to talk to everyone and and exchange a dialogue and to have a bigger discussion here that we could get a better understanding overall. This is getting a lot of attention. This got my attention. This had me watching. And overall, I think these conversations are a good thing. Where the p- problem comes in and why people are mad is because when Joe Rogan says that he wants to talk to everyone, he doesn't believe in deep platforming the problem comes when he's literally talking to the Orwellian overlord, billionaire, deep platforming king, Jack Dorsey himself. And this is why a lot of people are... ...having a backlash against this video because they don't think Joe Rogan um, argued and and fought for what he said he believed in and he took the situation very lightly and if he truly did believe in talking to everyone and giving everyone a platform he would fight for that kind of idea. More than he did to what people accuse him of giving a very soft-handed approach to Jack Dorsey, and I could understand that sentiment uh, as well. Do you agree or disagree with that? There's also talks about AI and Bitcoin, which I know you're dying to talk about, Jason.
3: Well, Luke, there's a lot to unpack there, my friend. I got to tell you, let's start with why Dorsey banned me. Okay? Now, Joe was very direct. He said, "Jack, you were like the last platform to ban Alex Jones." But but after he, like, chased you, he found you, that's when you did it.
1: And Jack was like, no, 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 no. That's not why we did it. Now – But that is true. That is a true
0: statement because Alex Jones, outside of the Capitol, in Washington, D.C., screamed at Jack Dorsey
1: as he was getting into his car. That's a fact. That is absolutely a fact. Now, it's weird that Jason Burmess knows why Alex Jones officially got banned by Twitter. But Jack Dorsey – who banned Alex Jones and is the head of this algorithm I want to talk about, and AI that I want to talk about before we get him pushing Bitcoin. We'll get there. He he did so because he said, first of all, in this interview, and this is why I'm not going to be so hard on Joe, because there's a lot of stuff that came out in this interview if you listen to it. All right. He said he didn't know. Now, they said that the way he treated Oliver Darcy, in this interview, Darcy said, well, he didn't violate our terms of service until after he was on the radar. It's total nonsense. i violated every Terms of Service since I was 16.
3: I was notorious for it. The fact of the matter is I was with thousands of Terms of Service breaks <laughs> by the time I was 20. <laughs> After I ate a big bowl of chili. Anyway.
1: <laughs> anyway. He says that now. Basically, Jones officially got banned for bullying Oliver Darcy and live-streaming it on the Twitter platform from the halls of the Capitol building. Now, if if you doubt me, I'm sure you can dig those up somewhere. It was pretty funny. He was calling him, like, a raccoon eyes. Look how how evil he is. You can tell. (laughs) So that's why he officially got banned. For some reason, Jack Dorsey doesn't know that. I know that. Now, Dorsey also starts talking about how the algorithm curates content, and he also starts talking about how it is an AI algorithm. Now, Rogan then goes, oh, wait a minute, so this is all run by AI? And, and he's, he's literally asked, he does, he, he says the C word, Luke. He asks him, well, should we have artificial intelligence censoring speech?
0: And he says, says, no, it's about Dan downranking people who have a set of history of, quote, abusive behavior. But who's who decided that abusive behavior? And he's talking about how people who they don't like their responses won't show up in the response feed, which I found a a stunning admission to for
1: for him to actually bring up. (laughs) So all that comes out, right? Then he starts talking about some safe nets to try to get around bots, right? Because, you know, Russia, they had all those Twitter bots and, you know, they don't really care about that. But he starts talking about facial recognition. And then Joe's like, wait a minute, (laughs) facial recognition. And then Dorsey's like, oh, no, we're just going, we're not going to actually take your face. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, We're just going to make sure it's a human being. It's a real person tweeting this stuff out. So think about how, how far this... 140 to 280 now character social media machine has got that it wants to basically biometrically identify your tweets, then let an AI algorithm rate them and whether they should be curated up or down. It's very spooky.
0: Well, this also works in hand with of course, his app, the Cash App, which also is integrated with Bitcoin, which he pumped pretty heavily on the Joe Rogan podcast and talked about how cryptocurrencies are really the, the currency of the future. And if they're in hands of someone uh, with Jack Dorsey, who's already using AI, who's already coming off like kind of trying to be a religious figure here, talking about, oh, yeah, don't worry, your your, your you know your face scans uh, <laughs> it won't be used with anybody else. I, I don't believe it and it makes it very critical now of course this kind of pumps up bitcoin but at the same time it makes me worried because again as we covered on this channel the potential of bitcoin is uh, two-sided. It's it's a new form of technology, but that technology could be used for sinister purposes as much as it could be used for good purposes. And there has been a big establishment push to uh, watch, monitor, surveil, and keep track of any kind of transaction that happens on, of course, this bigger public uh, blockchain that could be used for, of course, very sinister controlling motives. Uh, so and again, everything here has to be taken with a grain of salt. I'm happy that this interview happened. I'm happy that we got to understand more of it i do understand why people are being critical of joe for giving this kind of soft approach but uh ultimately uh i would rather know and rather see this than not and uh even though he's getting a lot of flack um overall uh a, a good important discussion that needed to be had and i'm and i'm happy it was had
1: no, I absolutely agree, Luke. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad it's out there. Again, you get a lot of admissions here. You see how the company is run from this guy's perspective, at least what he's willing to shell out. Listen, Rogan asked some tough questions. He just didn't follow up with any of them. He just took his, his word, you know what I mean, and let him kind of talk around these things. Again, what we got out of this is that we have a company that does have a bias, is absolutely left-leaning, is letting in... AI algorithm dictate who gets to say what and when and where that goes. And he kept, you know what was really funny, Luke? He kept trying to promote not following people, but to follow subject matter. And one of the big things that he kept going back to was Brexit. So this guy is obviously anti-Brexit in every single way, shape, and form. I mean, the way they were talking about Farage and his point of view. And remember, we talked about Brexit earlier in the program. That's a pro-people movement, period. All right. So uh, again, it, this just shows you that we need another platform, guys. Twitter's not it. Twitter's a uh, Twitter is going to have a limited lifespan. It's not going to be the end all, be all. Guess what? Facebook's not going to be either. Let me tell you something. I, I'm not. I, I limit the kids, but they both have phones, right? And you can kind of tell patterns on social media. Remember when Facebook was the biggest thing? Well, this generation is all Snapchat. Facebook's kind of died down. It's more my generation, your generation. Mid-20s, upper 40s, into 50s. The kids aren't really using it. These kids, they're they're 8 and 9. They're on TikTok. We don't even know what's going to be the next Twitter. So, Dorsey, enjoy your billions of dollars. Be smart now with your nose ring. Because the people will figure it out. I promise you.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting because, again, a lot of the conversations were very generalized, were very vague. They weren't very much to the point. And I do wish Joe Rogan would have followed up and kind of held his feet to the fire a little bit. He had to have this kind of balance uh, because he knows he wants to keep having powerful people on. But at the same time, uh, his audience is very mad at him. And, and, you know, Jack Dorsey, he kept talking about how he wants to help people and, and serve people. I think overall... Even when you look at the basic understandings of technological advancements in social media, it is pretty clear by many scientific methods and by many scientific discoveries that social media by and large has been a very negative impact on human civilization. Now, of course, there's some good aspects of it, but overall, as far as you know, depression, as far as what's been happening, especially the, the hate clicks that have been incentivized, the censoring, the manipulation that's been happening behind the scenes for, of course, the powerful that Twitter does, that Jack Dorsey is guilty of. I don't buy when he's on that Joe Rogan show and says he wants to help people and serve people because, again, bad things have been done with good intentions, and I think this is the case, and I think this is why there's such a backlash with so many people, just disappointed that jack dorsey's feet weren't held to the fire and i agree with that do you disagree
1: no i i can't just dis- listen man i think again if 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 you take this interview 5 years ago first of all it's not as relevant right we don't have a president tweeting it's it, twitter's massive 5 years ago but not as big as it is today it's literally part of the cultural zeitgeist it's part of the news cycle and it's part of a 24 news cycle with a hundred different news stations talking about it constantly. It's kind of mind-blowing. And they talk about that aspect a little bit, how you could have never really predicted this in the future. So, all I know is that Dorsey was extremely arrogant. He gave away a lot of his game. And social media platforms change, and they change a lot more rapidly than people realize. I'd say that social media platforms have about the same life cycle as video game systems. Think about that. You weren't playing Xbox 360 so long ago. And a lot of us remember playing NES all those years ago. So, again, I think that Dorsey's time is limited, a, a period. I, I think that this is the beginning of the end for Twitter. You can't curate speech, just like YouTube, man. If they, they want to start, you say the C word, the conspiracy word in your, uh, in your video. You know, there was a lot of controversy this week that Shane Dawson may have lost out on up to $60,000. And when he talks about conspiracy theories, although he kind of puts them out there, he puts them out there in a pretty goofy, pre-made millennial-based audience fashion. You know what I mean? He doesn't take them very seriously. Did you see seriously. that video? Did you see his conspiracy I, theory? You know, I watched the first uh I was I liked the part on the deep fakes, you know. The I, new I, one. Did you watch yeah. the new one? Well, I watched I, I didn't watch saw the new one
0: too, and I was surprised. His past videos were kind of trash. His past videos were like, oh, I've God, seen some really of them that really are all really right. Do those click tits? Like, you're really gonna go for the cheap views? But I was surprised; it wasn't that bad. Of course, there was some trivial stuff with him kind of fooling around with his friends. But I think that's also Jason, that's for his audience. Understand. Yeah, that's his audience. That's I know the lore. That's why a lot of people relate watch with him, him and, and watch him because they want to be a part of that kind of bigger adventure, which is a big aspect of YouTube. But overall, especially with the subliminal messaging stuff that Didn't he get talked there. about. With using red and using uh, uh, yellow, with you know watches being specifically at ten ten all the time to mimic a smiley face, with the talk of suicide in cartoons, I thought it was very revealing and very, very well done. To be honest with you, and well, kind of surprised me.
1: I see. I'm not that surprised because I actually caught something of his about six months ago, where I was like, you know what, this guy is watching a lot of stuff. However, like 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 I said, and, and I'm glad it's out there. But but my point is that. You know what? He's he's a good bridge for us, right? He's kind of like entertainment, but he is giving you a lot of information you're not going to see anywhere else. Like I said, that deep fakes part, subliminal messaging. I think he also talked about directed energy weapons in this one too. Yes, he did, yeah. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong. We've talked about directed energy weapons when we're talking about the military testing them out. You know, we saw some of those tests. We actually played some of those on one of these live streams. Um, the bottom line is, again, he's so much entertainment. Is he going to be used to discredit it? But then, it's like, would you kick him off the platform if he went too far? If he professed to his viewers, he absolutely believed this and did something more and more hardcore. And I do think that's what they're prepping for. But the bottom line is, again, Luke, guys like you and me have been targets for this information. I mean, it was hard enough to find Invisible Empire and Fabled Enemies on the web now. How hard is it going to be now that, you know, it's conspiracy theory? We've already got anything that we had September in, or 9-11 in at any point, guys, and believe me, I've gone through too, buddy, underneath a little uh, Wikipedia section on September 11th attacks for everybody to read. And please read it if you want. But my point is, th- they're taking baby steps, but at one point, those baby steps are going to lead to them cutting their own throats. Period. Uh,
0: well, I, I think so. I think the market will correct itself, but it's going to take a while because these companies, these big technocrats, have a huge control of not only... Uh, The big public airways the big public discussion halls that are happening right now, but they also have a lot of support, not only with mainstream media, but also with government, Uh, we got to understand they've been working hand in hand with government so. Everything is standing against the true will of the people from expressing themselves and getting together and figuring out the truth here from a lot of different issues. And we have to understand that this is a factor, a factor that we've been getting kicked in the balls for and facing the reality of for a very long time. In 2008, over 11 years ago, we may, I think even longer, I think in 2006, whatever it was, I mean, there's videos on this YouTube channel warning you about YouTube's future demise and... Path towards censorship of alternative ideas and and we are seeing it we're seeing it develop right now with small steps but very important steps that have been taken against our channel that have been taken against other independent thinkers other independent journalists other people who are not controlled by any large big money or influence or power and we've been getting hit we've been we've been getting uh, severely severely ruined Uh, I'm seeing a lot of comments right now people saying go to Venezuela. I would most likely get killed if I go to Venezuela, (laughs) uh, especially with the reporting that I did there last time on the ground. Uh, Again, guys, this is not just an opinion channel. Like, we go on the ground here. We've been working our butts off, and we've been facing nothing but pushback from the platform that we're on that we all need to be on because this is the public discourse. This is the public hall. This is where we need to talk to everyone. And uh, they have garnered full control of that, and they're limiting any kind of independent voices outside of that so that's an important factor to be made aware of that's an important factor when it comes to criticizing Jack Dorsey because I don't buy the fact that he didn't know that uh, what reason or exactly how Alex Jones was the um, platform again I don't agree with Alex Jones I don't like Alex Jones we have our personal differences But when you look at the bigger aspects and the bigger things that are being done here, uh, the, the bigger ramifications of what Jack Dorsey is doing, a technocratic billionaire deciding what you can and cannot see. Those are huge ramifications. Those are significant things that we have to worry about in the more digital future that we are all encroaching that you can't escape. Okay. Whew. Going on a rant. Still want to talk about Venezuela and Russia and China and all this other stuff, but let's get to some of the super chats, Jason, and then try to ram through all this information as much as we can.
1: You got it. Uh, let's see what we got. We got uh, Paul Relay, five dollars super chat. Thank you very much. Appreciate the content. We appreciate you, sir. Um, Jeffrey A. Haydar five dollars super chat. Terry Davis just rolled in his graves grave and use the cia n-word in reflex gonna have to look up terry davis jeffrey <laughs>
0: I, I have no idea who terry davis i, is I do not I, know uh, terry uh,
1: davis dean howell uh five dollar super chat thank you dean and then ian uh camarillo 499 i think rogan's 29 2019 unannounced video with dorsey means they set limits prior to the interview i might be wrong I, I got to look into it because it does seem kind of weird if this is the only video he didn't stream or he did stream it and then he did stream it.
0: I was watching part of it live, uh-huh. but he deleted it and then re uploaded it, which I think, again, I think live streams also hurt channels' visibilities. Which, again, if anyone knows, let me know on Twitter because uh, our numbers have been going down dramatically. Uh, and like some of our videos are getting 9,000 views. And I'm trying to fix it as much as I can. And I I was told that a possible problem could be that we're doing these live streams and people are tuning in and tuning out, which, of course, would hurt the algorithm ranking uh, with kind of these longer videos that we're doing. Uh, So if anyone knows uh, the bigger part of the algorithm here by YouTube or what we're doing right or what we should be doing or what we could be doing better, those comments are definitely
1: very much appreciated. Hey, I totally agree. All right, we are at 40 minutes, so why don't we just rock and roll with uh, with this next topic, Luke? Well, uh, this is also a very
0: important topic, but also just more developing news that is very significant. But you're going to be hearing less and less of that because of technocratic censorship. Again, you know, Jack Dorsey and Twitter have been banning a lot of critical accounts of the U.S. establishment and also critical uh, accounts of the military industrial complex and American hegemony, American foreign policy. Petrol dollar news is pretty much hidden away from you. The true motives is not democracy. And you should know that by now. I think anyone online right now, anyone just paying a little bit of attention, knows when the United States says that they're going for democracy in a country and they need to do it through military means, people, I think, understand now that, yeah, that's not true. And we're getting closer to, of course, more saber-rattling, more bigger conflicts between countries who are testing each other's hegemony on the world stage, predominantly Russia, China, and the United States. There's a bigger thing happening here that, of course, the mainstream media is going to tell you Trump is controlled by Russia trump and putin are best friends and they're besties and they kiss each other that's what the mainstream media is pretty much setting out there as their main idea on the global world stage things look completely different and this has been exacerbated with of course the united states just a few moments ago getting out of the inf treaty a very important treaty that was set up during the cold war that pretty much stopped the arms race stopped countries from developing nuclear weapons and many political analysts and many people who are looking at this closely say that this is kind of the revision of the cold world cold war becoming more of a reality and what we have been seeing by the establishment and also the mainstream media is just more pushes towards these bigger conflicts towards these more heated relationships and It's more evident than ever, especially in the Senate, where the U.S. Senate just voted 68 to 23 to stop Donald Trump to even withdraw troops from Afghanistan and Syria. Now, it will be interesting to see how Donald Trump reacts to this, since Donald Trump, again, as we covered in previous videos on this channel, this is not just the pro or anti-war kind of stance here. This is a very complicated situation that we're dealing with here. I went into detail with that on the last geopolitical video uh, on this channel. But with the Senate rebuking Trump on Syria and Afghanistan, Trump is still pushing forward with a bigger conflict with Iran and also specifically bigger tensions with Russia, which have been continuing and happening to the madness and glee of the mainstream media that Jason has absolutely lost it. Look what Rachel Maddow has been saying on her broadcast during the supposed polar vortex that hit the Midwest. Do we have a clip of that, Jason? Can we show some of that? Oh, we got a little clip. Here we go.
1: And it is like negative 50 degrees in the Dakotas right now. What would happen if Russia killed the power in Fargo today, right? What would happen if all the natural gas lines that, that service Sioux Falls just poofed on the coldest day in recent memory, and it wasn't in our power, whether or not to turn them back on. I mean, what would you do if you lost heat indefinitely as the act of a foreign power on the same day, the temperature in your front yard matched the temperature in our, in, in Antarctica. I mean, what would you and your family do?
0: Literally. Theorizing the possibility of Russia hacking us, using the polar vortex as an opportunity to scare people, to make people hate other people in a foreign country for a bigger political effect. Theorizing, of course, with just pure speculative behavior. This is not journalism. This is not what you're supposed to do when you're a journalist hyperbolically speculating that Russia is going to be giving us a, te- a technological hack attack to freeze people to death in the Midwest this is fear mongering 2.0 on just another ridiculous insane level which WikiLeaks called out and said uh, quote US largest audience TV host MSNBC's Rachel Maddow put a Democratic Party aligned this evening said Russia will freeze you and your family to death and that's not a hyperbolic statement And Rachel Maddow is actually defending this on Twitter she's saying ah you mad question mark and talking about intelligence agencies and their reports of a possible hack that Russia and China may commit how our national grid is vulnerable but again this is the same information from the same intelligence agencies that told us that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and the the same intelligence agencies that have been working with the mainstream media to sell that lie to the american people that has been sold successfully and has ruined over a million people's lives on this planet so again just another corporate nasty military industrial complex opportunity to proliferate bigger conflicts between people from opposite sides of the world for of course monetary and political gains and this is only going to increase with of course what people are saying the start of the arms race with of course Donald Trump and the US administration getting rid of the INF treaty which of course Russia responded saying that they would retaliate against for this pullout of this bigger treaty that has just happened again this is why people are saying we are going back to the cold war and it does not surprise me as of course we are seeing what looks like us military helicopters literally head to the border of Venezuela right now again this video hasn't been confirmed this does look like us military airplanes we do know that John Bolton literally had a freaking notebook with 5,000 troops to Colombia on uh, Like Showing it all to the mainstream media we know Israel sent troops to Brazil and if you've been watching this YouTube channel when I was in Colombia just a few weeks ago I reported to you that there has been big talks within the mainstream media there within the government there of Colombia and Brazil invading of course uh, Venezuela and starting a bigger conflict there as that is happening of course we have countries all around the world backing this Uh, It's also important to note that some countries, of course, don't back this and back more dialogue, but we even saw in the United Kingdom uh, with elected representatives meeting with Henry Kissinger, and then right afterwards calling for a coup d'etat in Venezuela. All of this is happening as, of course, Twitter, Facebook, and other social technocratic giants are squashing down and getting rid of voices from Venezuela who do not want this to happen as the New York Times is running literal opinion pieces talking about how there needs to be a bribe of the Venezuelan military in order to overthrow Nicolas Maduro now if you've been watching our video footage uh, if you've been watching my reports on the ground I am definitely not a fan of Maduro but realistically here the bigger argument that has to be made here what I, what I have been seeing with US sanctions with U.S. tough talk against Maduro, that those actions have actually been having the opposite effect and have been empowering him. Now, what we also see here is also video coming out that hasn't been corroborated, hasn't been verified, because there's been a lot of fakes, there's been a lot of manipulation, there's been a lot of disinformation about this specific case. But there is videos allegedly showing riot police refusing to disperse the crowd refusing top-down orders to get rid of a major protest that happened in the city of Barquis Kimisto. Uh if this is confirmed we will report it, I will report it on my Twitter account again hasn't been confirmed, but this is a shift and is showing that the likelihood of a coup d'etat Is very, very possible here. Will it be a military intervention? I would say the chances of that are about 30%, roughly, from everything that I've been studying and investigating. But we are seeing moves by Maduro, who is now proposing an early parliamentary election in Venezuela. And as we know, a big push against Maduro has been made when he's pretty much got rid of uh, the National Assembly that was in their country that refused to. Uh, act this has led to a lot of criticism this has led to the current situation we now see Maduro backing down making concessions to the protest groups, but will this be enough, I don't know from what I'm seeing right now 30% chance of a coup d'etat just from my own analysis and my own studying of the situation and from also the people that I talk to on the ground who are right now in Venezuela again not a fan of Maduro but trust me with U.S. intervention, the situation is only going to get worse. It's already worse. It's already horrible. It was it was absolutely horrible to see what I saw on the ground in Venezuela. Maduro, horrible leader. But this definitely needs to be done by the will of the people um, and no one else to be done right and not to cause more pain and suffering. That's my own opinion. If you disagree with me, let me know why in the comments. And, of course, I'll be do my best to answer them as much as I can. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think you killed it, my friend. Uh, I can't really disagree with much of what you said right there. I think we do have to keep an eye on the fact that John Bolton is a bloodthirsty warmonger, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they are... Um, putting those 5000 troops if he was holding that there. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. the bigger point that I forgot to make here that, that I want people to understand here is that the mainstream media establishment the government and big social tech networks are all pushing for bigger conflicts and war. Russia has sent their security forces to literally protect Mondoro. The United States of course wants the opposite of happen. They don't want him secured. They want him out uh, so again. My analysis sticks, but again, this is a bigger conflict towards Russia, which, of course, the mainstream media paints a totally opposite picture of. That is not true
1: at all. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I, I say we uh, we barrel through these. It's fifty four minutes. We do have one super chat. I want to go over really quick. Uh, it just I don't know what it says, but it says found it. It's a five dollar super chat. I appreciate it. I hope it's uh, Miguel Vejo. Uh, thank I ho- you, I hope Miguel. whatever
0: you found, Miguel, serves you.
1: I, I like his little uh, happy face, dude. It looks like you're having a-, a good time there, Miguel. And I had a good time, Luke, when I saw this clip out of Davos. Um, I'm hoping that we can play a little bit of it, but it is just absolutely. Are we
0: playing playing the Monday story? So we're going through Monday through Sunday really quickly.
1: Uh, Well, since today is Saturday, we will not be going through Sunday. Sorry, Monday through (laughs) Saturday. And uh, we actually hit a couple stories already that, uh, for instance, we were going to play the Maddow clip. I didn't know that was going to be part of your thing. Check this out. Um, This got a lot of press in Europe, did not get a lot of press in the United States. Let me read the headline for you. This is a Dutch historian. This is the first time he got to go to Davos, probably going to be the last time he gets to go to Davos. Rucker Brennan, and he, uh, Bregman, I'm sorry, uh, basically said, hey, it's easy. I know that how we can uh, fix poverty and inequality in the world, make the rich pay their taxes and stop with this bullshit of endowments and charity. He basically calls it a scam. Let's see what we got. This is my first time at
0: Davos and uh... And I find it quite a bewildering experience, to be honest. I mean, 1,500 private jets have flown in here to hear Sir David Attenborough speak about, you know, how we're wrecking the planet. And uh, I mean, I hear people talk in the language of participation and justice and equality and transparency. But then, I mean, almost no one raises
1: the real issue of tax avoidance, right? And of the rich just not paying their fair share. I mean, it feels like I'm at a firefighters' conference and no one's allowed to speak about water. I mean, this is not rocket science. I mean, we can talk for a very long time about all these... <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> I mean, that's just pure gold. That's pure gold wrapped in platinum, folks. I can't get enough of that, Luke. I, he goes on, but just the uh, the bowling size balls of this gentleman to be sitting amongst these billionaires and their cronies saying, hey, we can fix this tomorrow. Make them pay their taxes and maybe they shouldn't be flying around on private jets if they're going to bitch about me and my family having two cars and not paying a carbon tax. Props to you, Rucker.
0: Well, well, they're 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 bitching and moaning. Definitely an issue that I agree with them on. Paying more taxes, definitely not. Bigger establishment, more crooks are gonna get it. Uh, no, thank you. My own personal opinion. But well, let's just move on to Tuesday's story. You
1: got it, brother. I I, I don't want to open that can of worms. We can um, go into it, but you know. No, 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 We got short time. We got short time. We're gonna we're gonna try and make <laughs> the time here. So check this out. Daily Beast don't always agree with them. This one's a really good piece. Um, this is it, man. Old boss, same as the new boss. Uh, detainees describe an American presence in their torture chambers. That's right. That's right. The U.S. military is in Yemen, is in these secret facilities, according to the Daily Beast. God forbid I don't say that, but I'll tell you what I read through this. Horrific article of torture and it reeks of the Guantanamo Bay past of this country. And uh, this is why the Patriot Act was bad news. This is why the Department of Homeland Security was bad news. This is why torture and renditions is bad news. Because our tax dollars go to somebody going overseas and mercilessly torturing young people, women, civilians, and worse, Luke.
0: Well sometimes it's not your taxes sometimes it's private US military contractors and we know what there's a lot of them in Yemen working for of course uh, big oil countries in that region and it doesn't surprise me the US government is denying this story again I'm not a fan of the Daily Beast but a broken clock could be right twice a day and we have to understand that as well Uh, and what the bigger takeaway here is um, it's most likely contractors uh, there most likely won't be any accountability the US government is denying it just like they denied Gitmo just like they denied the spying accusations um, on on you again you can't be trusted and the reasons that this is happening need to be questioned because it's scientific fact that torture does not work torture doesn't work but they still do it why they do it uh, again uh, makes no sense at all all right let's just move forward to uh, Brian Singer uh, who uh, you've been talking about quite a lot on this YouTube channel?
1: That's right, and for a long time, and hopefully the hammer is falling soon. As the Daily Mail broke even more sexual abuse complaints about uh, Brian Singer from 2014. Hey, wasn't he wasn't he getting set to do this big picture that's nominated for all those uh, Oscars, Bohemian Rhapsody back then? Well, he couldn't have been doing. I mean, he's a changed man. Brian Singer would never abuse. And if you look at this, you can say what you want about the Daily Mail. Look at all these court documents they got. These nice little court documents, huh? Showing what a scumbag this guy is. Caveat to this, Luke. You know they haven't said that he's not going to direct Red Sonja yet. And James Gunn, who was fired from the Suicide Squad for some pretty questionable stuff. You see, when when celebrities and the left do questionable things on Twitter, like Docs Kids, and remember when Jack was talking about that. He didn't have an answer for what they were going to do for the celebrities that threatened children and doxed kids. And we're looking into it. But... Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But now, if you're on the other side of that argument, you know, you can't do it. It's just like in Hollywood, you can be Brian Singer, you can be James Gunn, and now James Gunn has been rehired. Not for... Um, um, for Guardians of the Galaxy, but by the DC Universe, they're going to have him do the Suicide Squad uh, reboot. That's so nice. A man who dressed up in priest outfits and joked about uh, raping his firstborn daughter on video. I have seen you can look that up. That's who's going to be directing that. So when your kids watch that movie, think about how cool that is. That's how yeah, I feel I, about that, Luke.
0: I have to say, I don't agree with the Daily Mail, but they've been actually very surprising as of late <laughs> with a lot of their reporting like this that's not highlighted that's not talked about as much as it should be. And of course the bigger mainstream media kind of uh, organizations and, and news organizations supposedly. So, uh, so very surprised uh, that this is coming out and covered in such great detail uh, by the Daily Mail which has to be commended uh, by them and the work that they're doing. Okay, so uh, what is this? Thursday and Friday's story were pretty much talked about with Rachel Maddow on MSNBC and the deep fakes. And then uh, the last story is kind of related to this. Yeah, it is.
1: Um, let's see. Let's last story for Saturday yeah.
0: that we have now here with Takashi 69 yeah. who uh, pled guilty to the feds. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a snitch. Isn't it lovely? I mean, not only is he going to be a snitch, is that confirmed that he's going to be a snitch? Oh, oh no, yeah. they usually don't say they're going to be. Oh snitches, oh, oh oh, come
1: on. He pled guilty. Listen, he was he was facing uh, I think sixty years minimum in prison. It was like fifty seven or sixty. Don't quote me on that, but I was looking at it, and this just came out. And the thing is, why are they working with this guy? He is an admitted child abuser, okay? Sex with a 13-year-old girl, admittedly, and I believe that's the one that he put on Instagram. So he sh- not only is he, is he a, pa- a pedophile, right? He's in his early 20s, okay? But then he shares that child pornography with the world. In fact, with people that wouldn't normally watch child pornography, and they just still have an Instagram account. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he still does have that up right now yeah I don't think they, I don't think they got rid of I him forever a violation of firms and service. yes he does <laughs> holy cow Of course he does see there's again this is why um, we did the video last week about the Irish sports star because there's a different set of rules for celebrities and political figures and billionaires and right now Luke I'm doing research for a new series we're going to be doing for the channel um, the 2020 election series. And the corruption that I'm finding on some of these people is just, oh, I, I looked into Cory Booker today. Cory Booker, of course, annoi- announced his presidency, uh, candidate couldn't happen to a nicer scumbag. Couldn't happen to a nicer fake person. I mean, he looks so great and he talks so great. He's he's disgusting. He, he, is, he is like the worst type of establishment hack we could ever elect. And, um, you know, he plays by a different set of rules, Luke, and a lot of these guys do. Same with uh, Chris Brown. I think he was just
0: also recently arrested in Paris. Is that him? Yep. Yeah. Recently arrested for Paris on charges of rape. Uh, same with R Kelly to nine still on Instagram, 15.4 million followers. Again, these people are adored and loved, but a lot of them are pretty much sinister, criminal, egotistical, crazy human beings. And you kind of got to be crazy to be on top of your industry. But you're seeing a lot of the sickness that, of course, is not being called out. Uh we're seeing a lot of these far left organizations not call out a lot of these rappers and hip hop artists that are just the biggest violators of women out there who sexually assault them, talk bad about them, bring them down and nationally on a bigger discourse uh create a situation where they're treated just like property and not like human beings. That issue no 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 no, no. let's not talk about the rap guys. Let's talk about any else thing anything else we could blame on anybody else. Uh, which is incredulous because again a lot of the rap guys, especially like Jay Z's, they're all part of the bigger kind of establishment with like Hillary Clinton and all. And I was still shocked and surprised to find out a a Brovovich, a Yeah, 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 the one that sprays her bodily fluids on the walls and and summons his demons. That one, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? Marina Abramovic. I'm still surprised she hangs out with Jay Z, Lady Gaga, Hillary Clinton. Like like. With, a lot of stuff to look into. A lot of people are going to be jumped to speculations, but uh, anyone hanging out with uh, people who do that, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really uh, trust them or support them. And uh, there definitely needs to be a more critical eye on the big celebrity establishment in this country because it's pretty dirty. All right, let's take a phone call and then um, finish this broadcast.
1: You got it. And I, you know, I want to end it with this too. Um, and by the way, it's six zero seven five four two. Uh, 9184 if you want to be that last caller. You know, when this Irish sports star gets outed, and he's going to get outed, I'm going to make it. I'm gonna make sure of it, okay? I promise. Uh, he's worth billions to WME Entertainment. He's worth uh, a lot of money to Disney, as they just partnered with the ESPN. You know, ESPN is owned by Disney, and they are now partnering with the UFC in the United States. Oh, did I say UFC? I'm sorry. Who could this Irish sports star be? <laughs> worth a lot of money to these people, Luke. Worth yeah, a lot. Be careful of, not uh, to get sued. Jason. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. When it comes out, these allegations, a lot of celebrities are going to be pictured with this guy, and a lot of them are going to be part of the Me Too movement. Let's get this phone call. That's all I'm saying. A lot. Okay. Good the phone call. <laughs> a lot. A lot of people. You are live with Luke and Jason over on the live stream. Our final caller. What's your name? What would you like to talk about?
2: Hey, my name is Renee Vogel from uh, Las Vegas. How you doing, Renee? What's up? I'm doing good. Uh, what I want to talk about was the, about the, the the censorship specifically when it comes to the formulas, like on Twitter and all that stuff, because you guys painted a very, I can, most what I understand, a very malicious perspective where these corporations are manipulating when and where particular po- uh, tweets or posts are being placed, mm-hmm. but... What I've been teaching with my, girl, with my daughters is that these companies are like organisms, and specifically these formulas. I, my, my, my opinion is that the formulas are allowing the company to do exactly what they need to do is get our attention. Mm-hmm. Therefore, everybody's – I mean, you probably know this. Huh? Everybody's experience on all these platforms are customized to the exact individual. Mm-hmm. Therefore – if Twitter knows Sally likes progressive porn perspective, therefore, if she goes to the Joe Rogan tweet, the formula is going to give her perspective on her likes and dislikes because it has an incentive to keep Sally on the platform. If the Sally knows, if she reads a comment from Luke that makes her mad, then she gets off the platform, the formula is like, oh, shit, that's, Bad, we cannot serve her that particular piece of content. So it's not necessarily a malicious perspective. So, the so let me let me answer that really wrong.
1: quick. And, and I'm, I'm, huh? let me just answer that a little quick, really quick, because you're you're absolutely right that the algorithm does cater to individual use, just like Google AdSense does. And you know they're taking in all this information. You start talking to your buddy, all of a sudden an ad comes up for that product. So you're right in that sense. However. They also give creators themselves different sets of rules within these algorithms. Luke, basically, um, um, he's talking about how the algorithms work. So, in other words, it's already gamed in a way where if I put too many Trump tags in, let's say we're talking about President Trump in a video. And I've just put the wrong one in. All of a sudden, we're demonetized. Now, automatically, that says to the algorithm, this is going to make us less money, even if people stay on the platform. So then we're de okay? And they're admittedly doing that just with content. Now, I totally see your point that why, because I think what you're getting at, and uh, by the way, I appreciate the call, brother, is why would they want to send people away, right? Why would they want to send people away? away from the platform. It's because it's costing them too much in um, issuing the narrative to people, in uh, government pay, and that they've already acquired their audience. One of the ways they acquired the audience, and Luke and I have talked about this, is by not letting the algorithm run wild, letting things like loose change go viral, letting things like uh, Luke on a subway with Michael Bloomberg confronting him about uh, the firefighters go viral. They allowed those things to go viral because it's what people wanted to see. But now they no longer do that. They suppress those things. They don't well, allow like them to trend. Dealer.
0: You give someone a little bit of taste of crack, you like it, and then they got you hooked on, and they did that with free speech essentially as well. Yeah, and and
1: I, I just think the game has changed so much, Luke. Uh, I think you can speak to that so much. So So yes, the algorithm does teach itself how to be most profitable, but there's a reason why in 2017, the Bilderberg Group was focusing on how they were losing the narrative And how they could regain that narrative, because people—and what did we see? We saw people being deplatformed. We saw free speech being banned. We saw Facebook in, in before Congress. We saw them before uh, the UK Parliament. So we saw a crackdown on social media by Luke's favorite entity, government. And all of a sudden, Uh, the regulations came in.
0: I literally just got sent this article. I was mentioned in a New Yorker article just now. I just literally am finding out about this right now mm-hmm. uh, about a piece that was written about Boylan Slot. He's again the young Bilderberg member who uh, built the device to help get rid of uh, the ocean, the plastic patch inside of the Pacific Ocean, and these son of a sorry i can't curse here but uh, i'm reading the article right now i could send it in the chat room those scum lords called me a right-wing activist <laughs> what you right-wing uh, right winger luke you're so right in the right-wing. cafe slat's phone started buzzing a video of an interview he did uh earlier in the day with luke radowski a right-wing activist what i'm not a right-wing activist you and videographer had just gone online. Slat seemed nervous about what he had said. The subject of the interview was the Bilderberg meeting, an annual off the record forum of international leaders, which he had attended the previous weekend in Chantilly, Virginia. It's very secretive, Slate said. It's like Davos, but with just a hundred people. The king of the Netherlands was there. David Petraeus. A lot of people think it's some sort of conspiracy thing. Radowski, for instance, referring to the Bilderberg participants, had asked Slot how his mission to clean the ocean would work with the world domination plant. <laughs> that was a joke. I am being sarcastic. Oh God. Why would they call me a right wing activist? I'm is, Okay, I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm sending the article here uh, to the chat room. Of course, they disabled uh, the comment section so people can't correct the record in the comment section of the New Yorker, uh, which a lot of news organizations have been saying. Uh, Let me keep reading that again. I just got this. I'm going to keep reading this whole thing. Um, I'm just going to personally tweet out at this person who wrote this, who wrote this. Caroline Corman. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to be a part of this, but, uh, yeah, supposedly I'm a right wing, uh,
1: activist now. Bastards. Uh, yeah. Miguel uh, Viejo. Thank you for the uh, super chat. And he says right winger with a little emoji guy. <laughs> and there she is. I'm tweeting at her right now. All right. I mean, do we want to drop it? I mean, we're still over a what thousand. Should I tweet? What should I tweet at this person? Um, uh, I-, I would say, um, excuse me. Uh, my name is Luke Radowski. I'm an independent journalist and not a right-wing activist that you categorize as some kind of a lunatic when I was obviously asking Mr. Slat a joke. Would you care to provide clarification? If that's 280 characters. Sure. <laughs> yeah, my question... Uh, okay. Okay.
0: Um excuse me. I'm writing this right now. All right, let's let's just end this broadcast. Uh you can follow my Twitter, twitter.com, Luke we Are changed to see the back and forth discussion
1: that's gonna take place right now. And uh guys, just so you know, we got some new t-shirts up there. We got an NPC t-shirt. If that's your bag, I prefer a demonetized t-shirt. Uh, we do appreciate all um uh, members. We got like, a new
0: t-shirt today.
1: Don't oh or yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I told ago. them that's what I just said. I just said we got a new t shirt. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 I, I got it. You're focused on the tweet, yeah. Um, guys, subscribe to the newsletter. Go to the backup channel as well. Pulse change, subscribe. Make sure you got those notifications on you're not going to be able to see this stuff. Um, if you're not signed up for the email, get signed up for the email. That's how you knew we did this broadcast. I actually had some pretty good views. Um, for a Saturday broadcast. So thank you all, especially pre-Super Bowl. We may do this Saturdays. I mean, I think Saturday would be a better day
0: maybe than I, Sunday. I,
1: I mean, it seems like it might be better viewership. I'm not against it. Maybe a mid-afternoon. I, I mean, I hate to compete against Door because I do like uh, getting to hear that in the background if I'm putting together a, an email for Sunday or whatever, but whatever. You know, I I, I like uh, having a bigger voice better. I like for our information to get out there, guys. So please share Let's these videos. Let's
0: try to do Saturday. Let's try to change it up a little bit.
1: All right, all right, maybe we're gonna change it up. All right, sounds good. So, guys, again, sign up for all those things, hit the notifications, and uh, I thank you so much. Be the change you wanna see in the world.
0: Thank you so much for watching. Love you guys. Stay tuned for a lot more. Cool.